So thriving in today's fast-paced world of change and disruption requires innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that explores the ins and outs of innovation with raw stories, real insights, and practical advice from the best and brightest in the world of startups and innovation. Each week, we'll bring you the latest ideas in lean startup, design thinking, corporate venture capital, and more. Now, let's get started. This is Josh Berry, again, with Inside Outside Innovation Podcast, here with Josh Ness of Strategy Hacks. Hey, how you doing? Great. Josh, uh, you and I had the opportunity to meet each other just a couple of months ago, uh, but it felt like encountering a long-lost brother, and not just because we both have the amazing name of Josh, uh, but because of some of the things that you're working on, right? Yeah. It would be weird if we were brothers and both have the same name, Josh. Uh, yeah, that would be a little bit awkward. We'd have to talk to the dad. Uh, you know what's out there, though. You know there are, there are, two, there are multiple probably sets of brothers and sisters that do have the same names, and, and they grow just, up. And we've just offended them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the main <laughs> thing that just happened. We've just lost <laughs> half of our audience. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> but yeah, Josh, you and I uh, met at the Economist Innovation Forum uh, up in Chicago, uh, and specifically, I was really intrigued with what you were doing I, because you had an actual time slot on the agenda at the Economist Innovation Forum. Can you just share a little bit more about uh, what you got to do with all of those amazing, high-powered, uh, innovation-minded folks there in Chicago? Yeah, it was a really cool opportunity that came about completely from chance, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, we brought in several startup founders from the Chicago area, people who ran legit startups, uh, some of them funded, uh, some of them working on, on getting there. And we brought them in to participate in a uh, strategy networking session uh, where The Economist wanted to have a networking session that had a little more meat to it. It wasn't just, hey, now get up and talk to each other uh, like you've already done several times before, but let's work on solving some problems together and let's get out of the seats that we've been sitting in for several hours and let's see how we can put our minds to work and maybe apply some of these concepts that we've already, that we've been talking about uh, for the past, for the past day. And so these uh, five uh, startup founders came in and they were each given a topic that related to a major session earlier that day. And uh, they were something like uh, how to innovate quickly at scale, how to build uh, the workforce of the future, how to establish strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. And the goal was for the attendees to get out of their seats. It was all done in this big ballroom. And the goal was for the attendees to get out of their seats and choose one of these startup founders who had been placed around the room quite strategically, if mm -hmm. I might say, and uh, kind of by chance, go to the one that um, that sounded interesting to you based on the name and what their company was doing and have a conversation about that particular topic that that founder was discussing. And what wound up happening was this really great coming together of ideas where the corporate attendees, these these innovation officers and these executives concerning themselves with corporate innovation, um, went into these conversations with these startup founders feeling a little like, I know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. wait a second, your situation is completely different than mine. Yeah. And it was these startup founders talking about um, how they – uh, achieve these functions of innovating quickly at scale, of um, managing a modern and agile workforce, or of um, creating strategic partnerships um, in a very uh, 
quick and effective manner. You know, there's not a whole lot of time to go back and forth on on agreements and contracts when you're a startup. You have to you have to do this quickly. And so the conversation was had about how these enterprise executives handle these topics and about how these startup founders handle these topics and what what could they learn from each other. And that's kind of the the point of what my company Strategy Hack does for both uh, corporate enterprises as well as startup founders. It's teaching, first and foremost, it's teaching these enterprises how to think a little bit differently by giving them firsthand uh, practice on what it means to operate and think like a startup. And at mm-hmm. the same time, these startups get valuable information from these enterprises that have been doing the kind of work that they're trying to do for a long time. Yeah, I, I think that's what, uh, you know, sitting in the audience, uh, listening to panels, uh, and there were great panels from phenomenal speakers, mm-hmm. uh, but what intrigued me so much about what you led the group through was, like you said, actually giving people some practical experience, right? Uh, we talk all the time uh, here about how, at the end of the day, we want to create beautiful collisions of the corporate and the startup world, right? For for learning, for opportunity, for talent, for investment, a number of things that come out of that. And, and you actually put that into practice, which was amazing, in a conference environment that was quite, quite buttoned up, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, we did it again at their marketing innovation forum okay. uh, in New York City a few weeks later. Uh, we brought in a single startup founder uh, that was working in the ride sharing space, something mm-hmm. that's very top of mind for a lot of people, definitely the top of the news cycle. And um, he kind of did the same thing. He presented some challenges that his company was facing, and the attendees of that particular conference uh, formed into groups themselves uh, without a whole lot of guidance from the startup founder after the initial um, presentation uh, of the details of the company and the details of the challenge. And um, they then presented their findings after about 10 or 15 minutes and each table went around the room. Um, and there's about five or six of these big groups that had come together and they had a microphone and they told this startup founder, here's what we think you should do based on the parameters that you've set forth based, based on the uh, limited resources that you say you have. And based on where you've already seen success, here's where we think you could explore new avenues for growth. And that was a really interesting, it was, very, it was similar to the economic forum, but it was a very interesting coming together of minds to solve problems. Initially, there was some friction. There was some, I overheard somebody saying, uh, I don't work for free. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was in response to, okay, we want you to now collaborate with your group, with your table. And what are some of the ways that you would solve some of these problems? Sure. And initially, initially there was some friction, um, but that, that immediately went away. You would, it's, it's surprising how quickly um, uh, good ideas bring people together because even if you're even if you're grumpy and you're not wanting to participate in a conversation, if somebody else comes up with a good idea uh, and you have something to say about that, you're going to say it, and all of a sudden you're participating in that conversation. Well, and I think what's key uh, about the type of engagement that you're engineering there is that while those people, or maybe that gruff guy or gal was thinking, oh, I, I, I'm not going to just give some free marketing advice to to the schmuck startup. <laughs> uh, is that by thinking through it, by giving, uh, those people are learning at that exact same time, right? Mm-hmm. In, in terms of thinking through that process, uh, if, if they're able to make that leap into understanding how giving advice to other people is actually enriching to yourself because you are actually continuing to learn and continuing to put things in practice, I think that's a, I, I think that's a good practice for a lot of people to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that's now, the foundation of what we do. Did, did, did the startups have any particular feedback, uh, either, either in Chicago or, or up there in New York, about uh, what they took away from those engagements with the corporations? It was a learning experience for them. They really did enjoy the opportunity to come together with uh, such a group of talented people who have very interesting ideas, Come looking at it as if from a complete outsider's point of view. And uh, all of them, including the, the, the ones in Chicago and the, the one in New York, uh, walked away saying that they did come up with or they did walk away with uh, ideas that they needed to explore, that they needed to take back to their team. Some of them left immediately mm-hmm. uh, because they needed to get back to work, but they but they wanted to talk over with some of their executive team what they had what they had um, uh, talked about that day. So, so I remember specifically, I was in one of the conversations with uh, the startup was Tribe Do, mm-hmm. and they they were working on almost automation of. Uh, workflows that most people don't even know that they have. So it's kind mm-hmm. of this cool idea in that uh, day in and day out, we're doing a lot of maybe three or four step workflows that get buried in emails. And so they more or less were creating a platform that um, understands the interactions that you have and the types of tasks that you're doing, uh, primarily via email right now and figuring out where you could start to see patterns of workflow that happen and then creating suggestions about ways to be able to document, catalog, automate, uh, improve upon those almost mini workflows, if you will. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I also thought was interesting was uh, immediately some of the, the more corporate-minded folks uh, started saying, well, you should probably do this, or you should probably think of this. And and I don't remember the the, the founder's name, but it was interesting that when he pushed back and said, well, we, we've actually thought of this and here's the big challenge with it. Uh, you could see the corporate people thinking, whoa, okay, I don't have all the answers. I would have mm-hmm. never, ever, ever thought that that was an issue. Uh, yet at the same time, uh, there was value that they could add immediately in terms of maybe some potential adoption issues or, or people started saying, okay, I could see how I could use your solution for that in this part of my business, but this part of the business, it'd be very difficult because of all of these underlying, you know, compliance issues that were there or, mm-hmm. or just the way that these work groups, uh, work together. So, um, I, I loved seeing the growth that was, was going back and forth. M- maybe that'd be a good segue to tell us a little bit more about what strategy Hack does when they're not doing uh, cool events for the economist. <laughs> sure, yeah. So, Strategy Hack, uh, like any good startup, uh, started off as a side project, and it was a way to um, provide value initially for startups. And we would bring in individual marketers who were curious about the startup community. And this was at a time where uh, there were no non-technical hackathons. There, there mm-hmm. were no um, event specific specific events for the marketing community. This was really just starting back in 2012 and 2013. And it was a way for market, uh, individual marketers who came from a variety of backgrounds, some of it enterprise and corporate, some of it freelance, some of it working on other young growing companies themselves, um, to sit down with an actual real startup that was having some challenges that had a product in the market or had a service that was ready to go. Um, it had customers and it was beginning to gather data and make pivots based on um, customer feedback. And uh, we found out a couple of things after hosting a couple of these, of these workshops where we would pair these individual marketers with, with these startups. And it was that um, uh, startups for this particular scenario weren't going to be a viable target market for us um, once we decided we wanted to turn this into an actual business. Um, but the other was that the marketers kept coming back and we couldn't figure out why. 
Um, because to be a marketer, to participate in one of these, pro- one of these workshops as a marketer, you had to pay $25 to secure your spot. Uh, you had to give up an entire Saturday. And we're talking from about 9 a.m. until 9 or 10 p.m., depending wow. on how, how late the, um, well, the after party went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you also had to give away your work for free. And when you combine all that together, it doesn't sound like a very doesn't sound like something you want to do twice. Um, but people have done it as many as five or six times. Wow! And we 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 couldn't we didn't know why. And so we asked them, um, which is something that a lot of marketers <laughs> often forget to do, which is to ask your customers why they're exhibiting unusual behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, when we go back to work on Monday, we're the rock stars. We're the ones who are asking different questions. We're the ones who are approaching challenges differently. And we're the ones who are getting promoted. And we thought there was something to that. And so we um, had a, a, a very long, uh, a several days long meeting of our executive team about how we should approach this new information. And we decided that it was worth it to pivot our own company and begin to provide value for marketing teams. And the way we do that is by working with a marketing team from an agency or from a brand. And we're talking large scale brands, most of them global or agencies, global agencies. And uh, working with their marketing team, whether it's strategists, whether it's creatives, whether it's um, sometimes it can even be account managers. We've even had some people from uh, their HR departments participate. But uh, bringing in real startups that uh, align with the vertical of that particular company or align with the verticals of the brands that a particular agency represents and uh, having them come in and, and running through a similar workshop that we've kind of tweaked to to be more beneficial for the marketing side. And these marketers will spend a day, um, a half a day is 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 not uncommon, but uh, we really do prefer to have the entire day to work through some of these, um, to work through this curriculum that we've developed. And it's these in, these, these marketing teams from these agencies and brands who are accustomed to working with large-scale issues and having large-scale resources and, um, and having a global reach, having them sit down and try to solve the problems of a particular startup. And when that happens, um, one of the best testimonials that we have is that it, it puts them into a fight or flight response, mm-hmm. but they can't leave. <laughs> um, because when you're when you're forced to sit down and tackle some problems that you have at, at the beginning, you're like, I have no idea how to how to handle this. Um, you're telling me you have a a fifteen thousand um, dollar marketing budget. I have a, a fifteen million dollar marketing budget. Sure. Um, and when you're forced to consider these constrained resources and often constrained timelines, um, because a, a runway is a runway and it exists for a reason. And it's 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 the amount of time that a startup has until they go bust um, when you have to come up with solutions that are going to extend that runway or, or begin the hockey stick process early. Um, it's challenging. And it forces them to think and to stretch their brains. And there's some conflict that occurs at the very beginning of these workshops where the founders of these companies and the members of these marketing teams are kind of butting heads uh, because these marketers are trying to understand why, why, why. And they're asking the startup to essentially justify its reasons for existence, which is not something that founders like to do, especially when they get into the later stages. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there is this moment of equilibrium that occurs um, usually an hour or two in, and it's where these marketing teams finally uh, understand 
not only the business model, but the the goals, um, the definitions of success and the challenges and what failure actually looks like to where they actually start coming together and thinking as a team. And it's not always marketers that have worked together previously. Um, we intentionally work with the, the management at these companies to make sure that we are putting together marketers that are going to complement each other, but have not necessarily worked together on projects before. And so uh, ideally, we'd like to have marketers who maybe know each other's names from email conversations, but have never actually met. Maybe they work on different floors or something, Mm -hmm. but we want them to start to see how their work impacts the other people in their company. And we want them to be able to work together to come up with solutions to very complex problems in a very short amount of time. Uh, because it is time limited, um, and because those uh, they're operating um, under the um, parameters that these startups operate, it really forces them to come together. And it's it's I mean, if we're just talking team building alone, it's fantastic, but it really does stretch their brains in order to think about challenges differently. And our goal, and what our what our what our studies have shown, is that they do go back um, and they start looking at business challenges a little bit differently and they start looking at well what does success look like and they break it down into its component parts and they say um and they identify the things that have to happen and what success looks like and and what um and if they do fail how to pick themselves up reiterate and then try again okay so so there's sometimes experiences like this can be almost like summer camp Right. You you go away for a week. You have a a mountaintop experience. You make great new friends. You say, I'm going to change the way I live because of this amazing summer camp experience. Mm -hmm. And then you get back home and people don't understand the glow around you for a day or two. And then within a week or two, you're back into normal Joe, whatever you were doing before. Mm -hmm. How do you sustain this? startup juice that, that they've now drank a little bit of uh, so that they could actually start to make more consistent and almost more more habit-forming, if you will, some of these new skills or, or at least new ideas that you're giving them exposure to uh, in these types of engagements? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one thing we struggled with for a while was what to do with the end game. Uh, mm-hmm. what have, how do we keep ourselves from being just a flash in the pan for these um, agencies or brands and teaching them something new um, and then and then um, giving them a high five and then not ever, ever really interacting yeah. with them again, which um, in the in the early days happened a few times. And we've developed a, a, a program and it solves a couple of problems. Um, and, but mo- most importantly, it does solve this problem of making it sticky. And uh, so after a organization participates in one of these, one of these workshops, or one of these experiences, um, the alumni of that program, and we do refer to them as alumni, are uh, automatically enrolled into this membership program that is, is available to the public, but at a cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this membership program, they, they are inducted into the strategy hack community. And it offers them the chance to uh, to get access to resources that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. And that includes um, uh, videos and audio and text-based training and uh, and inspiration on 
on new marketing theories and new marketing techniques sure, and sure. how 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 to be innovative and how some of these startups are solving these problems. And we do we we, we source this, this material from other members of our community who are startup founders or who are running very small scrappy agencies who are um, growing very quickly. And uh, in addition to that, uh, there is access to um, uh, events that we hold uh, right now only in New York City, but we are expanding to other cities later this year. And um, what is turning out to be a really important uh, pillar of this community program is access to our members only Slack community, okay. uh, which um, gives them access to a lot of movers and shakers in various industries who are all hanging out in this Slack channel all day. Um, obviously, they're getting some of their own work done as well. <laughs> but uh, the conversations that occur in this Slack community are very interesting. Everything ranging from the future of VR versus AR and how to apply it to um, uh, marketing concepts all the way to somebody popping into one of the channels and saying, hey, I'm looking for uh, a person or a company in Brazil who can do software and hardware fabrication on a vending machine for the upcoming Rio Olympics. And within six hours, that person had a warm introduction to a uh, experiential marketing agency in Brazil who could help them with that problem. Oh, cool. Yeah. And those are the kinds of problems that we're solving uh, here in the community. And so what we do with the individuals who participate in the program, um, we we give them the tools that, that they need to uh, continue to grow and to continue to explore, and we encourage them to do so. Um, and, and we were hoping um, that – and this program is fairly new, so we don't have a lot of data on it yet. But we're hoping that given these resources of being able to sit down and watch a quick 10- or 15-minute video on how to battle test a brand uh, using channel testing um, or listening to uh, an, an audio um, uh, recording of how – uh, how a company can set up an accelerator, begin to use innovation experiences to further its own uh, growth, uh, as well as maybe consuming industry analysis reports of particular, whether it's VR, or whether it's um, AI or things like that, um, all of those fun, sexy acronyms. <laughs> um, uh, and then by having a chance for them to um, participate with their community in person, um, that they that this won't just be that summer camp experience where they're able to sustain this and they're able to be curious sure. and to be able to continue to learn and have the resources to do so. So I want to go back to the corporate startup engagement, uh, if you will, that kind of is the catalyst that gets these corporate marketers into thinking more like startups. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that just kind of like a one-night stand, or, or, or do you see any relationships that start to come out and any examples of where these startups continue to work with these corporations uh, or, or anything beyond uh, that, that initial first date that you set them up on? Well, I think there's a lot they can learn from each other, and when it comes to the engagements that we create, it's not business-related. We don't necessarily want them to work together. Okay. Because when you introduce sales into the conversation, when it starts to be um, matchmaking or, or something exactly like that. when when, yeah. when someone feels like they're on the line to pitch, mm -hmm. then the education portion or the collaboration component 
kind of goes out the window. Interesting. Okay. And so we choose companies, we choose startups that are in their early stages. Maybe they are approaching or they're, 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 they're raising their seed round or maybe they've just raised their seed round. I think we've had a few that have raised a Series A, um, but nothing really beyond that. And um, and that's for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that if you have raised your Series B, you, you probably have a lot of your marketing um, kind of figured out. And the, the idea of sitting down with somebody who might be a would-be competitor um, isn't necessarily attractive. Mm-hmm. But um, at the, on the other end, uh, they're not in a position to provide the kinds of resources that a global agency or a global brand is going to want to jump on right away. And that's not to, that's not to say it hasn't happened. Um, we have had some startups work with agencies um, uh, and, and 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 actually complete projects together. Um, and that's all. That's fine. That's good. That's all good and well. Um, but when when that is something that people are thinking about from the very beginning, then then that's what they're thinking about, and they're not thinking about well, how do we actually solve these problems for this company, or how do I take what this this um, this larger enterprise is is the information they're giving me and how do I apply that um, and how do I make sure that I'm sussing out the right kind of information that is going to help me and my company grow and not maybe just win this one contract. I appreciate how intentional you are about that uh, because there are other services who are out there that are more matchmaking. Uh, I, I think, I don't even know if it still exists, but Curio up in New York City comes to mm-hmm. mind that was very much about helping marketers think about how they're working with startups to to, to, to almost have extension of other services and whatnot. And so I, I like the intentionality of how you're still creating opportunities for uh, the corporates and startups to come together for more learning, mm-hmm. but using it as a catalyst to help out uh, corporate innovators and specifically corporate marketers. Uh, Josh, uh, that's probably a good segue into how did you get started into this space? Uh, how did you, obviously you're having some great success working with some really great brands right now. Uh, what was the genesis of this idea and, and what were you doing before this? So I was running marketing for a small conference management agency uh, that's located in the Portland, Oregon area. was having a grand old time crisscrossing the country hosting events for large tech companies. Uh, and, and it was a very much a team effort. The, it was a team of about 20 or 30, but also there was a, a software component. They were also producing their own event management software uh, to compete with a lot of the other players on the market. And I was handling marketing for both sides, uh, as well as doing all the white label marketing at the conferences themselves, mm-hmm. um, acting as the social accounts of the, of the, uh, of the client. And uh, it was very interesting, um, but I it, it had me because I was living in New York and, and working remotely for this company. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was still engaging with communities within New York City, and so um, I made sure that I was able to have a a, a decent um, a decent quitting time uh, during the day from this West Coast company to where I had a chance to go out and uh, attend events. And some of the most uh, prolific events that you could find were for the startup community. And mm-hmm. it was really uh, interesting conversations that were being had. It was when growth hacking was just starting to become a thing. And I went to a, a growth hackers meetup. And uh, the, at the end of a lot of meetups and and uh, events here in the city, there's a portion where uh, a microphone gets passed around among the audience and they get to stand up and give a quick 20 or 30 second spiel on on what they're working on. Sure. And uh, this this guy stood up and he said, hey, I, I have this uh, idea that maybe marketers and startups should hang out. 
and <laughs> and solve some problems together. And if anyone if anyone's interested in that, let me know. And he was mobbed by startup founders who mm. said, "I need help with marketing. I need help with marketing. I need help with marketing." Which is which is kind of typical. Uh, marketing isn't something, at least back then, that there was never any spend allocated toward. Uh, and so while they were hard at work building a dev team. Um, they usually neglected marketing, sure, uh, and it, it got to be where it was kind of a dirty word. If you were spending money on marketing, then you were, weren't spending money on making your product better, um, which has kind of been debunked now. But there's still some some holdouts. And uh, as a marketing person, I uh, stepped in and, and gave him my card and said, "I'm actually not a founder. I'm a, I'm a marketer. I'd love to." to see what you're doing. And so he and I grabbed a beer uh, a couple of days later and um, he told me more about this idea that he had. And I said, that sounds really interesting. Let's, let's give it a shot. And so um, I uh, actually participated in that very first uh, strategy hack that occurred in um, early 2013, uh, a public event um, where anyone could apply and um, pretty much anyone could participate. And uh, after that, they, he and his small team, they um, kind of found out more about what I did uh, doing conference management and things like that. And so I came on to the executive team and helped to continue to build out the program. And then when, when we decided to um, organize and turn it into a company, I came on in, in, uh, in a co-founder role and um, we started to build it from there. And when we were trying to target our first customers, we were doing the typical marketing exercise, which is um, if, our, if our core um, user is a is an individual marketer. Where do individual marketers hang yeah, out? Yeah. And the answer that we came up with was agencies, and because uh, they employ teams and cadres of, of different types of marketers um, to work on uh, different client accounts. And so we began approaching some agencies with this and got uh, a couple of quick wins. And started getting some traction and um, started uh, refining the idea and started refining the um, the offering. Um, and in that time, we've started to um, have a couple ideas of, of, of content to put out. And so um, one of the things that, that you and I connected on was that uh, Strategy Hack has a, a burgeoning podcast that, uh, as of this recording, uh, still isn't quite yet available on iTunes. But um, we're redesigning a lot of our internal processes and our public-facing um, uh, properties, and, and that should be uh, – uh, you should be able to find should be able to find strategy cast okay. out there wherever podcasts are sold um, <laughs> fairly quickly. And, and the, the point of that podcast is to um, to provide an alternative light vis a vis marketing on issues that are around us that might influence the way you look at other things. And so um, we take a look at um, marketing vis a vis the NRA and marketing as it relates to something like SeaWorld. And it's these things that people have very strong opinions about, and, and, um, but they don't necessarily stop and, and try to look at the underpinnings of why this company or this organization might be doing the things that they're doing. Who are their target customers and who are they trying to reach, and are they doing a good job or not? Um, just because you hate them doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad at marketing. And so um, there are uh, several other situations we pull from from real world examples and offer our insights and things like that. Every now and then we have a little fun. We had a Christmas episode uh, that was a lot of fun to record. <laughs> that's that's excellent. So so you mentioned Strategy Cast. We'll be able to find that soon mm -hmm. uh, on podcast players. What are the other ways to get a hold of you if our listeners want to learn more about Strategy Hack? Yeah, we uh, we have a website. It's got a lot of really good information on there. It is strategyhack.org. And we are posting information there about what our workshops are um, and how someone could participate. 
Um, we're also posting uh, our, our evening events there that we host in New York City. Um, like I said, we're hoping to expand those later this year. Um, we also are beginning to produce some original content on our blog. So um, there are several ways to keep in touch with us. We also have social accounts. Um, it's pretty much just uh, search for Strategy Hack in any any um, social medium, and we have them on um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. One of the other interesting things that, that we're beginning to explore as a company is, is that how these concepts can affect other departments other than marketing. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to look at the ways that corporate corporations and enterprises are trying to innovate and how marketing can lead the way, but it doesn't necessarily need to stop there. And I think that's something that um, that you guys are, are really leading the way on. Uh, and so we're, we're excited to um, to see where you and Brian are taking things and um, and how we can help be a part of that. Cool. Cool, Josh. Uh, anything else interesting uh, that people should know, either about you or maybe what you're reading or what you're listening to or some strong opinion to close it all out that you want to make sure that you get off your chest? I am. I'm getting back into crosswords. Yeah. I uh, I recently did a crossword where one of the clues was the lock blank monster. And uh, I, I, I took a photo of that and I shared it saying that, uh, you know, you've made it big when your name appears in a New York City crossword puzzle. New York Times is 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 promoting Ness now. It wasn't the Times. See, that's oh, I, was, I was oh, okay. very careful uh, not to say that it was New, New York, York Times. Crossword. It was just a New York crossword. It was a it was a it was a much uh, lesser thought of publication it's, it's um, like, than the like, New York Times. But it was because I mean, a, the lock blank monster is not a very good clue for the New York Times. I imagine that. They're a little above that. Um, I'm uh, I'm listening to so I listen to people always ask me like what kind of music do you like and uh, I tell them that uh, they're not going to like it. Um, I listen to angsty teenage post hardcore music when I want to concentrate. And what is uh, an example of that? Uh, it's bands that people have never heard of. What's a, what's a close uh, thing that maybe I've heard of? Uh, there's a band called Underoath that uh, was pretty big in the early aughts. And the and the and the mid aughts. Um, Is there a particular under oath song I should look for so I get a good representation of that? Um, no, I think any of them will do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You. you uh, maybe we'll we'll put a link to one or two in the show notes. Hey, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Josh. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week, and and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Cool. Well, that's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for tuning in. Reach out and let us know uh, what you're thinking. Uh, Give us your feedback. Uh, You can reach us on Twitter at the IO Podcast. And if you have 30 seconds to spare, we'd love to hear from you on iTunes as well. Go over there, review us, give us uh, an opportunity to uh, earn your trust and business, and we'll talk to you later. Till next time, go out and innovate.